everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanway. In today's podcast, we are going to go over Red Alder for the Herb of the Week. And I was going to have some guests, but things had to be rescheduled, so they'll be upcoming in the future. And for now, I decided to go through some of the questions and emails that I've got over the last few months. And I noticed that there's a ton of people who want to know about like my specific belief or my religion or what I believe in. Am I atheist? Am I Christian? Am I Jewish? Am I Buddhist? Am I, you know, what am I? Do I believe in anything? And so for a little bit, I'm like, I mean, does it really fucking matter? Honestly, do you guys really care that much? And then I was like, well, I'm sure. Okay, I'll tell you. And if you're interested, listen. If not, well, listen to something else. So... Before we get started on Herb of the Week, I got to do some things around the house because I'm not at work anymore and I'm I'm obviously not going back. I've been contemplating a bunch of different jobs that I could do as far as like ways that I specifically can make money. And one of the ways right now, since it's spring, is I have a bunch of gooseberries for sale. So, if anyone's interested in gooseberries, some of the gooseberries are large and will be producing this year. And if they're not producing this year, on the smaller ones, they will be producing next year. So, if you're in the local area of me or you go to the gym with me and you would like to purchase some, get a hold of me on Instagram or if you have my number, you can text me if you're a homie. And if you're on the internet, you can email me or find me. At Tyler Stanway on Instagram. So, I will also be having more uh, varieties of plants as the season starts to, to progress into spring and summer and get warmer. So, keep in touch if you're interested in that. And the YouTube thing I'm working on. Unfortunately, at my house, the internet is really, really slow. So it takes hours and hours to upload a video, and it's a pain in the ass, but we are going to do the best that we can do. The other thing was that I wanted to talk to you guys about is the donation for the Compassionate Viking app. I'm going to set it up, I believe, on either Patreon or Give, Send, Go. I don't want to use GoFundMe or PayPal because, I don't know, they, they just... I've seen them do some shady ass shit and I don't really want to deal with that. So if those two that I said aren't good and you guys have better recommendations, please let me know because I would love to get this fucking app started so that we can all start connecting and there's some crazy stuff going down in the world right now and I feel like the sooner me and you guys can start connecting without uh, a third party being involved, the better off we could be. So, I picked Red Alder for the week because I made a mistake and I cut down some trees that I probably shouldn't have cut down and Mother Nature made me deal with it. She got a little pissed off. She made me deal with a very sketchy scenario. I'm not an arborist, so I don't have all the tricks of the trade and some sketchy ass shit happened. I woke up in the morning Went out, got the tree down, 
it was hanging up in the other trees by just by some branches. And this was a big fucking alder. And as soon as I got it down, it started hailing. It hailed like eight inches of hail at my house. Fucked up a bunch of my plants and vegetables that we just planted. And hey, lesson learned. So all day I was out in the woods. I woke up early, meditated, grabbed my crystals, sat in front of the fireplace Got ready for the day and decided to go out and clean up all the mess. I said, sorry. I talked to the to the birds. I talked to the trees. I felt bad and lesson learned. Well, I won't cut that many down at one time. So when I was out there, I decided to look into alder and start looking into the medicine that I can make with it. And the reason I say that is that a lot of people around here will just chop down alder trees because they have leaves. And the leaves, you know, they drop their leaves in the fall and they have to pick it up or rake it or blow it and it's a pain in the ass for them. Which I understand. I get that. People want things to be super pretty, but those leaves are beneficial and they they work for us. And if everything's connected, then we would understand like those leaves get broken down and turned into organic matter to help the microbiome in the soil. And... It acts as mulch. It also gives little homes and places for pollinators and beneficial insects and all sorts of little creatures to have homes and places to live and not get scorched by the sun or eaten or, you know, whatever it is. So today, as I was chopping these trees down, I was thinking, you know, I don't want to just save all this for firewood. I want to make a few structures. I want to use the wood for some some framing of some sorts, and I would really like to make a lot of medicine. So I pulled the herb book out, and we are going to read a little bit about some of the medicine. So it says, Red Alder is a distinctive tree native to the northwest coast of North America. It is a deciduous broadleaf member of the birch family and gets the name from the distinctive rusty red coloring that develops on the bruised or scraped bark. It says it's edible use. The catkins of the red alder trees can be eaten raw or fresh. If you guys don't know what the catkins are, uh, trees have male and trees have female. And the male have catkins and the female have cones. So the male releases the pollen, which is its seed, and then the cones receive the pollen or the seed, and then together... They make a new baby. So, the catkins of the red alder trees can be eaten raw or fresh. They are rich in protein and nutrients, and although they are bitter, I have gotten used to the need of the, or the, got used to the taste. The inner bark is sometimes dried and powdered and used as a flour to thicken soups and sauces. The sap of the red alder has sweet flavor. Collect in late winter and consume raw says the metal medicinal use an extract or decoction of dried bark is used in most cases the bark contains salicin it helps with diarrhea and indigestion a red alder bark decoction relieves indigestion and calms the stomach muscles and treats diarrhea for fevers headaches and arthritis pain Red alder bark contains a painkiller that works like aspirin to reduce fevers and relieve the pain. 
It helps with insect bites, poison oak, rashes, eczema, and other skin irritations. It says if you put the bark infusion or poultice directly on the skin, the red alder soothes the skin, relieves the pain, and reduces swelling and inflammation. It helps with lice, scabies, and mites. So it says to get rid of lice, scabies, and mites, boil the inner bark and leaves of the red alder in vinegar and allow it to cool. Massage into the infected areas, and then it kills them and eliminates the problem. It has, it says, for tuberculosis, red alder decoction has been traditionally used to treat tuberculosis, lymphatic problems, and syphilis. Harvesting. Collect the red alder leaves during the summer and use fresh. Collect the bark in the spring when new growth is occurring. Choose a young branch about two to three years old and then remove the branch from the tree and remove the outer and inner bark. Dry the bark for future use. Fresh bark can cause vomiting and stomach it says vomiting and stomach upset, so only use dried bark. There's a recipe if you guys want to make a decoction with alder. It says one ounce of red alder dried bark. One pint or two cups of water. Crush or grind the dried bark into the small pieces. Place it in a non-reactive pot with the water over medium heat. Bring the mixture to a simmer. And then simmer the herbs until the water has reduced by a quarter or a third. Leaving one to one third or, or one and a half cups of liquid. So... You boil it down to there's about one and a quarter to one and a half cups of liquid left, starting out with two cups. Cool the decoction and strain out the bark. Store in the refrigerator for up to three days. So that's another thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to do that, and then I'm also going to make tinctures because the more medicine that we can have for free, the better it is. And if I have an abundance of things, then I'm allowed to you know, spill over to you guys and whoever else needs it. And then you guys will have it and you'll learn and then you'll spill it over to whoever else needs it. And to me, that's the way that we, we do what we're supposed to be doing. Like I always say, maybe one man can't change the world, but he can share the message that can. And we're all sharing that message. Now it's not just one person. And I don't know that they'll ever be able to stop that. That idea is pretty fucking strong. So, With that being said, we will get on with the podcast. We will be back next week with another Herb of the Week. And in the meantime, let's let's talk about what I think or what I believe or what I, you know, what is the rules that Tyler goes by. Let's do it. Hey guys, before we start the podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to NFS Company out in Colorado Springs. They had their fucking grand opening, and now you can go in the store and check out all of their cool shit. Remember, they got firearms, they got ammo, they got optics, tactical gear, suppressors, you name it, they have it. Not only that, they can find the rare shit. For instance, I got my Glock 19 FDE from them, and it's kind of hard to come by. They found it, had it to me in two days. That's amazing. I'm all the way up in Washington, and they're in Colorado, so you can't fucking beat that. On top of that, anyone looking for preparedness for firearms training, 
They got a private range out there with a badass 10th Group Special Forces instructor. I don't know if you guys know, but finding people with that expertise is kind of hard to come by these days. So get on top of that. Go to www.nfsshootingsupply.com or you can find them on Instagram at nofuckingslack.co. On their Instagram is where you can find their schedule. If you're interested in anything, make sure that you support American-made shit, guys. This is how we're going to change the world. No fucking slack. Okay, guys. So I've gotten a lot of emails and questions asking me so much about what I believe in. And like I said, I feel for a while, it's like, who fucking cares? No one's business. But I guess a lot of people are interested. So we'll start with the beginning. Growing up, um, I, I wasn't brought up with anything. My parents didn't go or didn't bring us to church. They didn't go to church. There was just, you know, there was nothing really. I mean, it's not like it was, I was told there was nothing. We just didn't really talk about it. But if I had questions that they would talk about it, but I know that, uh, my stepdad grew up Catholic and my mom, like my mom's side of the family from Norway is, is Christian after whenever they got converted. So it's in my family. I personally just never did. Well, as I grew up, I had friends that went to church. I'd go to church with them. There was youth groups. There was there was Young Life. There was like Veggie Tail shit. There was all sorts of all sorts of different things that I would be involved with of some type of religion of some sort. As I continued to get older, I would branch into more things and more things and I'd have more questions. And the one thing that stuck firm for me was, I don't know, nothing really, to be honest. Like I knew, I knew that like something had to create this place. Obviously, like, I don't know. I knew that something had to create this place, but I didn't really know what it was. And I remember when I seen my dad dead for the, for, well, I say for the first time, the only time, but the first time I've even seen a, a dead human body, I'm 16 years old or shit. Yeah. I just turned 16 years old. Uh, I remember seeing him and I touched him. And I wrote him a letter, and I put it in his front pocket, and like a guitar pick. I think he had like a fucking pack of Marb Reds. And I remember Kiss playing on the fucking music in the funeral home. And I was like, dude, that's not even my dad. That's just like a shell. It was just like, it reminded me of like a crab shell down at the beach that's dead. It didn't seem like a life. And so that's when I, that was the first time in my life that I realized, like, I don't know, that we have, like, a soul. And now, 
I tell the kids, we have a soul because I could simply say, imagine if I switched your brother and sister around and I put Tinsley in Vinny's body and I put Vinny in Tinsley's body. How long would it take before you, Talon, figured out that your brother and sister had been switched bodies? And he's like, oh, right away. It's like, okay, but how? Well, because I know because of how they are. It's like, okay, so how they are. What, what do you mean how they are? That soul in there, whatever's inside of us, the soul being, is not our body. It is not what I look at in the mirror. It is not this thing that's talking to you. The soul is driving this vehicle to do all of these things, and this vehicle is my decoding device to decode this this, this life, this thing we called the human experience or the 3D realm. That's how. That's what I believe now. But I also am Norwegian, and I have ancestral DNA, and there's certain things that I've always kind of agreed upon. And to me, one of the big things is uh, when I would look into like my heritage and my culture, I would find out different things than what I would be been taught in school or the history channel or what I see on TV or Hollywood depicting about the Vikings. And what I was learning was like this way of nature and this, this way of life to be in harmony with nature, to never, to never take more than you need or to always give back more than you take. And, that's different than what I was taught growing up or on TV or movies or books or whatever it was, where it's just like these drunk, raping, pillaging, fucking stinky, homeless guys going around being bad. And that's not what I was finding out. I was reading these folklore of sagas, which are, you know, some of the earliest writings. You have the runic language that's carved in stone and all this different stuff, and as I continued learning, I felt more and more compelled to this other side. And it's not a religion. It's not a belief. Like I said, I I don't actually know, and nobody actually fucking knows, and I don't think there's a human that gets to be the one who gets to be the judgment and decide. So when we get there, I guess we'll find out. But until then, I have been essentially living a certain lifestyle of really is do no harm and treat others with respect and love and kindness and try and bring positivity and light to the world. So I don't know what religion that is, but uh, that's the religion that I'm fucking under. And yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. However, there is some things that I still agree upon or not agree upon, but that I do kind of follow. And, hold on, let me get a drink of coconut water. Speaking of coconut water, I used to hate it, and now I really enjoy it. I used to hate it, and now I really enjoy it. That's weird. How can that even happen? But, what I was saying is, there is some things that I still follow. For instance, I've read a lot of the Bible. I know quite a bit about the Bible. And there's many, many things that I believe in the Bible are quite good and that you should live by. I think that there's things in the Quran that you could live by. I think that there's things in every religion's books, 
the Emerald Tablets, the Book of Enoch, the fucking whatever, Akashic Records, all, all these different things that you can go back. And I believe that there's gravy or gold or whatever you want to call it, gems, diamonds, and all of that. Every single one of those, there's good. And I also think see things that I don't agree upon. And like I said, I, I'm not saying that I'm the one who gets to decide. I'm just saying it doesn't make sense to me. So, over the period of my life, I ended up coming across some of these sagas from Iceland, from the, the what we would call pagan times, even though pagans have been inverted and, and completely twisted and told into something that's completely wrong, and for good reason. Because if we found out the real, the real way, then it, it would be like Avatar, essentially, where everything would be connected, everyone would be loving, everyone would be kind, we would always, we would always be one with nature. We'd obviously be individuals, because we don't want us all to be the same, like communist bullshit, but we would all, we would all have a, a loving connection, whether you're a plant, animal, human, fucking water, whatever it is. So I came across something called the Havamal a while back. And I know on one of my first podcasts, I have talked about sometimes I will walk by the book and I'll pick up a page and I'll just read it and I like it. Well, the first time that I came across this book, I was like, hmm, what is this? And what it is, is it is called... The text called Havamal liter- uh, literally means words of the one-eyed or words of the high one. Either way, it's a reference to Odin. So essentially, it's like the words of Odin, and it's not really a book. It's stanzas, which are, I don't know, they're like a little poem or a quote type thing. And there's 164 stanzas, and I just started reading through the stanzas, and I was like, wow, if I was... If I like, for instance, when you guys ask me this question, what I believe or how, what are the code of honor that I would live by? This is it right here. It's already been written down fucking hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And it just blew my mind how much I resonate with it. And like I said, I don't care if anyone else ever resonates with it. For me, it resonates with me and it makes me feel good. And my life is very pleasant i'm very blessed and grateful and i wouldn't fucking change it and the things that i would change i'm already changing right now but this book is not one of them and i know many people feel about those books people feel about that the quran people feel like that about the bible and in no way shape or form am i telling you not to read those fucking books i'm saying for me this is another book that i came across that i also resonate with okay so what i think i'm going to do is I don't know that we would get through all of them, but I'm just going to read through some of these stanzas and then go over them and explain like what it means to me. And I have no idea how this is going to go or what this entails, but we're going to fucking do it and we're going to see where it brings us. And if we only get through 10 because I talk too much, then we'll get through 10 and we'll just do a bunch part series of this. And if we get through the whole thing, well, then we can do it in one episode and you guys will read uh, what this is all about. So, it says stanza one. At every doorway before you enter, you should look around. You should take a good look around, for you never know where your enemies might be seated within. 
Hmm. Okay. And I agree. I agree. Before you do something, before you get out of the, into the parking lot, before you show up at their school, before you get to the doctor's office, look around, observe, be aware of your surroundings for you never know when there's someone who isn't necessarily there for good intent. I agree with that. It says stanza two. Hail to a good host. A guest has come inside. Where should he sit? He is impatient, standing on the threshold, ready to try his luck. Meaning, if, if to me, is like, be a good host. If someone's there, you know, bring him on inside. Be, give them some hospitality. Three, he needs a fire. The one who has just come in. His knees are shivering. Food and dry clothes will do him well. After his journey over the mountains. So, same kind of thing. Like, give hospitality. Take care of somebody and, and live by that. He ne- stands at number four. He needs water. The one who has just arrived. Dry clothes and a warm welcome from a friendly host. And, if he can get it, a chance to listen and be listened to. And you know what? Ain't that the truth? Sometimes, if especially if just... You know, you're lonely, you've been doing arduous shit, you've been having not, not such a good time, or even if you've done awesome fucking things, sometimes it's really nice to just have a friend to listen to and be listened to. And I agree with that as well. It says, number five stanza, a man needs wisdom if he plans to wander widely. Life is easier at home, but he'll be laughed at If he sits among the wise and has nothing to say. So I look around and I see the cultures right now or the culture right now. And I see a bunch of people who don't do anything. Kids who don't want driver's license met boys who don't want girlfriends. People who don't want to leave their house to go on walks or, or do really anything. They just want to sit inside and I agree with when it says right here that he'll be laughed at if he sits among the wise and has nothing to say. And it's like, yeah, well, in order to have something to say, you need to have lived some life. And and like I said, these are just my opinions and my beliefs. And who the fuck am I to tell anybody how to live their life? This is just the way I particularly want to live my life, do live my life, and have always felt that this is the way I should be living. So... Stanza number six, a wise man is not showy about his wisdom. He guards it carefully. He is silent when he comes to a stranger's home. The wise man seldom wanders into harm, for you can never have a more faithful friend than a good supply of wisdom. And it's like, that's the thing. Wisdom is human's like greatest gift. We have intellect. We can remember from past experiences and we can train and we have all these abilities to get out of harm's way simply by using wisdom. So I agree with that one as well. Stanza number seven, the watchful guest when he arrives for a meal should keep his mouth shut listening with his ears 
and watching with his eyes. That's how the wise get wiser. We've all heard it, guys. Mouth closed, ears ears wide open, or, yeah, ears open, mouth shut, fucking face forward, and you're there to learn. This was written down in words a long, long time ago, and obviously it's translated, and there's many different translations, but it's all... it's all the same thing. It's just a, it's not a story. They're they're just quotes or like, they're called stanzas, and you know what they are now. They're little little poem things. Stanza number eight: A man is happy if he finds praise and friendship within himself. You can never be sure of where you stand in someone else's heart. I talked about this about my ayahuasca journeys about learning how to fill your cup. That you need to love yourself. You need to be friends with yourself. You're going to spend more time with yourself than you are any other human on planet Earth. So, it's very important that you at least love yourself because you have no idea how you feel in someone else's heart. Even if they say they love you, you don't know how they feel. Yes, people can show you. Yes, people can tell you. But you can't feel what they feel. Stanza number nine. A man is happy if he finds good advice within himself. Many men have received bad advice by trusting someone else. Let me read that again. I love that one. A man is happy if he finds good advice within himself because many men have received bad advice by trusting someone else. And it's like, dude, I can't tell you how many times that happened when I was younger. Always listening to somebody else and... I guess over time you, you become wise and once you become wise, then you can start to trust yourself and go with your own gut instinct because typically you know what's right and what's wrong. Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. Stanza number 10, a traveler cannot bring a better burden on the road than plenty of wisdom. It will prove better than money in an unfamiliar place. Wisdom is the comfort of the poor. I, I, I say fuck yeah. I agree with that 100%. A traveler cannot bring a better burden on the road than plenty of wisdom. It will prove better than money in an unfamiliar place. Wisdom is the comfort of the poor. Fucking roger that. 11. A traveler cannot bring a better burden on the road than plenty of wisdom and he can bring no worse a burden than too much alcohol you hear that that goes against what i learned in school this was written like i said a long hundreds of years ago in stone in runic fucking language or icelandic language and they're saying that you you can have no worse a burden than too much alcohol Hmm. I thought they'd just get drunk and smash horns of mead together all night. All right, let's go to stanza 12. There is not as much good as men claim there is in alcohol for one's well-being. A man knows less as he drinks more and loses more and more of his wisdom. So even they knew. They knew that if you want to be a warrior and have a warrior spirit and be in tune with nature and be connected with everything, that alcohol is not it. They call alcohol spirits for a reason, 
And that's low vibrational shit. It's poisoning you. It was different maybe when they brewed it like back in the day where it was like structured water with herbs. But now it's not. If you drink Coors Light, you got soy and, and GMO rice and fucking fluoride. And who, who knows? Now you got Bud Light with faggots and trannies on their cups who, uh, it's, or on their cans. It's all not good for you. It's all making you sick. It's poison. So unless you're using structured water, 100% fresh organic grain that you're growing, same hop, like you're growing all your hops, you're getting your wild yeast, and you're doing it that way, it's probably not good for you. And even then, not too much. Stanza number 13. It's as if memory-stealing bird flies overhead while you drink and steals your mind away. I myself have been trapped in that bird's feathers when I drank at Gunloth's helm. So there's all these different sagas about Odin and Thor and Loki and no, not like Marvel, not, not, not Hollywood shit. This is old, old Germanic mythology and there was a like there's a story of when he when Odin got way too drunk at Gunloth's home. And so he's saying, like, even him, let me reread it. It says, It's as if memory stealing bird flies overhead while you drink and steals your mind away. I myself have been trapped in that bird's feathers when I drank at Gunloth's home. And then stanza fourteen says, I was drunk. I was too drunk at Filar's home. The best kind of feast is the one you go home from with all your wits about you. And it's like, fucking A. That's exactly it. You have Odin, the almighty high one, using, using language to teach people, like, hey, man, learn from my mistakes. Like, I've fucking done this, and, and this is fucked up. And like I said, there's other other books out there that people read where there's many other cool feats and stories and writings that are good lessons as well. Stanza 15. A noble man should be silent, thoughtful, and bold in battle. But every man should also be cheerful and happy till the inevitable day of death. And that's the thing. is like that. this is the new journey that I'm on. Is I used to be just bold in battle, and I wasn't cheerful and happy and loving. And then I realized that life just wasn't fun. I don't want to be battling every day. I'll shoot for peace, right? I think Conor McGregor says it. We shoot for peace every time, but when we can't shoot for peace, we shoot right between the eyes. And that's that's exactly how I feel. So with this new journey, it's like being the warrior in the garden rather than the gardener in the war. And oh, life is just so much better when you can be cheerful and happy, and it's not a front. It's not a fake. You genuinely feel good and happy to be living life and blessed and grateful to be able to be a fucking human and experience all of this. So I agree with that too. Stanza 16. An unwise man thinks he'll live forever if only he can avoid a fight. But old age will give him no peace, even if weapons do. And that there's another one that I totally agree with. Says, you know, an unwise man thinks he'll live forever. 
if only he can avoid the fight. But old age will give him no peace, even if weapons do. At some point, like, if you're never willing to fight, you can have all the weapons in the world. You'll still die of old age. So, in in my mind, is like, don't avoid the fight. Fucking stand up. You only live once. You're going to die of old age regardless. We're all going to fucking die. So, instead of living in fear... Find your warrior spirit, find out what your foundation is, find out your morals, beliefs, and what what you can find a hard line to put in the sand and stand firm on it. Because at the end of the day, there's many things worse than dying. And being a fucking cuck has to be one of them. Okay, next one. 17. A foolish man misuses his mouth. He talks too much. Or says nothing. As soon as he gets a drink, he'll say anything he knows. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Stanza 18. Only a man who has wide traveled and has wandered far can know something about how other men think. Such a man is wise. If you haven't gone out and experienced and left your little area, you are totally ignorant to the way the whole world works. The people who live next to me are completely different than the people who live in Pakistan. The people who live next to you are completely different than the people who live in Ireland or Brazil or New Zealand or China or Tibet or Malaysia or Indonesia or Laos or Cambodia or Nicaragua. Like, everyone's fucking different. So, in my opinion, the ones who have traveled far and wide have gotten a, a large scale a, a large-scale scope on the the demographics of the way humans work. So to me, I agree with that. Says, don't hold. Uh, this is stanza 19, by the way. Don't hold onto the mead horn, but drink your fair share. Say something useful or stay quiet. And... No one else will judge you poorly if you go to sleep early. So, that's another good metaphor for me to to think of. I don't really drink alcohol very much anymore. I mean, I will. I'm not against it. I'm not against it, but it just doesn't suit me very much. It doesn't serve me very well. Every time I drink it, I feel groggy the next day. I don't feel as good. Um, maybe give me a headache. So... Whatever, but to each their own. This fucking coconut water is delicious, though, man. I'm telling you. I used to hate it, and now I love it. And it's so fucking weird to me. Because I don't know what changed. But going back to this stanza 20, or stanza 19. Don't hold on to the meat horn. Meaning, like, don't eat all the fucking chips at the party. Don't drink all the beer at the party. When the dude passes you the fucking joint, don't sit there and just smoke half the goddamn thing before you pass it. However, drink your fair share. So have your have the the you know have your amount, but don't fucking don't just hog it, you know. And then say something useful or stay quiet. No one will judge you poorly if you go to sleep early. So I used to be the one who went to sleep early every single time. Every time. And for when it first started, people would want to fuck with me because CKY would come out and Jackass would come out and all these different 
punk show would come out and they want to fuck with me. And I'd wake up with like a bare fucking asshole on my nose while I'm sleeping and I'll get up and suck a motherfucker as hard as I can and then they're mad that I hit them. It's like, bro, I was just passed out in the bedroom and I woke up to your butthole stuck to the end of my fucking nose. And when you stood up, I felt it pull my face up with it, you nasty bitch. Well, of course I'm going to hit you. What do you... I, I, I should do more than hit you. I should fucking shit in your mouth. Yeah, well, I'm a young kid and... the. All these things are going on, and I used to just get so mad until we would fight, we would fight, and then no one would fuck with me anymore. But regardless, I'm always falling asleep early. You know what the thing is? Is sure, they would make fun of me for falling asleep early, but I never was really getting blacked out. I hardly made super stupid decisions. Of course, there was times when I did, but... For the most part, I would just go to sleep. I'd go find a room and just pass out, and hopefully no one fucked with me. And, yeah, I agree with that one as well. 20. Stanza 20. Here is for the modern-day man. It doesn't say that. that. That's what I just said. This this one is like, I wish that you could see this on a, on a billboard on the side of I-5. A gluttonous man, unless he watches himself, will eat to his own detriment. Wise men will often ridicule a fool on the account of his belly. 21. Even a cow knows when they should go home and leave behind the fields. But an unwise man does not know the measure of his own appetite. We look around in America and what do we see? This says even the fucking cow Knows when it's time to go home and leave the field behind him. But the unwise man does not know the measure of his own appetite. And that the gluttonous man, unless he watches himself, will eat to his own detriment. While the wise man will often ridicule a fool on the account of his belly. And the reason why the wise man ridicules the fool on the account of his belly is because the wise man knows that the unwise man does not know the measure of his own appetite, showing that he lacks discipline. He lacks awareness. He lacks self-respect. And therefore, the wise man gets a good understanding of maybe this guy's a fool. That's, that, that's my take, at least. Stanza 22. A stupid man and an undisciplined one laughs at everything. He hasn't learned. A lesson that would do him good, he himself isn't flawless. And it's like, yeah, that's true too. Stanza 23. A fool stays awake all night worrying about everything. He's fatigued when the morning comes. And his problems remain unsolved. Man, how many times have you laid in bed and your mind is just fucking racing? about whatever it is that's going on in your life. It could be a career change. It could be a financial issue. It could be a car issue. It could be a relationship issue. It could be a, a, a death. It could be all sorts of different things. And your mind's racing and you can't go to sleep and you can't go to sleep and you can't go to sleep. And then you wake up and you're even more fatigued than you were the night before and everything's still on your mind. And it's saying... 
A fool stays awake all night worrying about everything. He's fatigued when the morning comes and his problems remain unsolved. So that's a good lesson for me to remember is don't allow my thoughts in my mind to override my ability to get rest because either way, when I wake up in the morning, it's going to be there. Do I want to, do I want to deal with it after a good night's rest or do I want to deal with it after I had insomnia all night? Now, obviously easier said than done, right? But it's a good thought to keep in mind, a good intention to have. Okay. Stanza 24. An unwise man thinks anyone who laughs with him is his friend. He doesn't understand that the wise are mocking him even when he overhears them. So, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. An unwise man thinks anyone who laughs with him is his friend, and he doesn't understand that the wise are mocking him even when he overhears them. Okay. I don't know. Some of these I don't really have, like, an opinion on. I, I don't, like, follow this religiously. Like, I, I just came across it one a few years back, and it resonated with me, and I keep it on the shelf, and every once in a while I'll open, a, open up a page, and I'll read some stanzas, and it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, a little mantra or something like that. But I'm not an expert in this. I'm not preaching this to anybody. I'm simply answering the question of what does Tyler follow or believe in or whatever. And it still goes way more than this because with <laughs> with drinking like the ayahuasca medicine and eating psilocybin mushrooms in my life, like there's clearly there's clearly something way bigger than this going on. But this is a good rule book for living as a human, I guess, in my opinion. Twenty five. An unwise man thinks anyone who laughs with him is his friend, but he won't find these friends when he goes to court. No one will speak on his behalf. So it's like careful who we think are our friends. Just because people are laughing with you, asking to hang out, do certain things doesn't mean that, yeah, when you're in court, they're going to be there defending you. It's pretty much just make sure that your circle's fucking tight. And I agree with that. Stanza 26. A stupid man thinks he knows everything. If he gets himself in a tough corner, but he doesn't even know what he'll answer if men ask him questions. So a stupid man thinks he knows everything if he gets himself in a tough corner, but he doesn't even know what he'll answer if men ask him questions. Okay. Well, that's true. A stupid man will get himself in a tough corner thinking he knows everything, but he has no idea what type of questions he's going to have to answer. Hmm. I agree with that. That's why I don't try and fuck with people, because I have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe this guy that I think... Maybe this guy that I think is a dork is actually a fucking badass MMA fighter, and he kicks the shit out of me. So, I just keep to myself. Oh, shit, my page, my page flipped. Okay, stanza 27. It's best for a fool to keep his mouth shut among other people. No one will know 
he knows nothing if he says nothing. Ill-informed people are also the ones who don't know when to stop talking. Ain't that the truth? There's so many things where it's like, you know, that. well, I should say, I know the truth about something, and it's not even worth, it's not even worth bringing up. But the ill-informed and the unwise will talk your fucking ear off about it all goddamn day. I agree with that one, too. Stanza 28. You will seem wise if you know the answer and know how to explain it. People are not able to keep a secret of what they hear about other people. So, if you know the answer and you know how to explain it, people people will think that you're wise. Because people can't keep a secret of what... It says people are not able to keep a secret of what they hear about other people. People gossip. Regardless, no matter how much we hate it or love it, people fucking gossip. So as long as what you're talking about, you can explain it, then people will look at you as wise. And in my opinion, I would way rather be thought of as wise than unwise, ill-informed, a fool, or stupid. But that's just me. Okay, we got stanza 29. It says, you will hurt yourself with all your talking if you never close your mouth. A hasty tongue, unless it's disciplined, often earns its own punishment. Ha <laughs> ha, I love that one too. Right, let's read that again. You will hurt yourself with all your talking if you never close your mouth. A hasty tongue, unless it's disciplined, often earns its own punishment. Yeah, sometimes when people just fucking run their mouth, you want to knock their teeth in. And that's just a part of life. So it's like, we all understand that. I feel like that's kind of like a, a general rule amongst humanity. So keep your fucking mouth shut sometimes, you know? Not all the time. If you have something to say and you know how to explain it, feel free. But don't just run your mouth. We all hate the person who just runs their fucking mouth. But now that I've done ayahuasca so much, I shouldn't say I hate people because I don't hate them. I simply realize that they don't understand. Their soul isn't leveled up to that ability yet. So they're not stupid. They're not retarded. They're not, even though it feels like that, it's just they don't know what we know. That's really what it is. And instead of squashing them like a bug, we should put them under our wing and bring them up because we're only as good as, you know, what? what's that saying? that we all learned in sports growing up, we're only as good as the weakest link. Well, if our weakest link is a fucking dude who wants to cut his dick off and turn his hair purple and ride around with rainbow dildos and unicorns and fucking sparkly laser tag in his butthole, then we need to definitely do a better job. Now, maybe we can't. Maybe he's too far gone and he can't be part of the team. But instead of smashing him, just understand he doesn't understand either. He's confused, and we want to help him. And if he ever changes his mind, come to the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I can uh, whoop you into shape, get you fit, teach you how to, to, to find chicks, get a good career, and start crushing life. And uh, I can promise you 100% you'll actually be excited to wake up in the morning and live life rather than constantly confused trying to figure out where you fit in, bro. So... On with the stanzas. Stanza 30. No one should ridicule anyone else, even if he owes him money. Many a man seems wise if he has never questioned. 
but he may prove otherwise. So no one should ridicule anyone else, even if he owes him money. Many a man seems wise if he is never questioned, but he may prove otherwise. Huh. I don't know if I even understand that one that much. And maybe I just, uh, it's above my pay grade right now. But, okay. Next, stanza 31. A man may seem wise if he pokes fun at another when the other man is away. But the man who talks behind another man's back is a fool, even if his listeners laugh. I I agree with that, too. My great-grandma used to tell me that until you're perfect, you don't get to talk about anybody else unless they're positive things. And the thing is, is that we're never going to be perfect. So we should never be talking about negative things about other people, even if the people that we're around think it's funny. And I see this. A man may seem wise if he pokes fun of another when the other man is away, but the man who talks behind another man's back is a fool, even if his listeners laugh. I think that that's a good code to live by. I really do. 32. Many men are kind. Oh, many men are kind, but can be driven to fight. There will always be conflict between men. Where there's more than one, there's a fight. Uh, 100%. That's what men do. Men have testosterone and men fight. And that's normal. And that's nature. And it's fucking rad. I love fighting. And I understand that a lot of men do not like fighting. And I get it. But at the same time, I mean, any time that there's two men in a room, there has to be some type of pecking order. Ah. God, that coconut water. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we have stanza 33. You should eat your meals early unless you're visiting a friend. A hungry man sits and gets sluggish, and his wits are impaired. So, make sure that you eat unless you're visiting a friend. But remember that a hungry man sits and gets sluggish, and his wits are impaired. I have that problem. If I don't eat, I feel so tired and sluggish. I'm not good to go. Every time before jujitsu, shout out Rachel. Rachel Anderson, I love you so much. Thank you for my snacks before jujitsu. She brings me a Paleo Valley meat stick and she brings me some like protein bars. And I I love you for that. But yeah, I always have to eat. If I wanna if I wanna push my body and do arduous things and be extremely physical or even really mental for that matter. Um, I really enjoy eating some food. Let's see here. Stanza 34. It's a long and crooked walk to a bad friend, even if he lives nearby. But it's an easy road to a good friend, no matter how long the journey. Ain't that the truth? I remember when I had this fucking ghost that's crazy to you guys. I I think that I haven't went over my ghost story yet. But one of these podcasts, I'm going to have to go over some ghost stories because I have a bunch from when I was a kid. Anyways, the ghost at my house is freaking me the fuck out. And so I, I was like going to run to my neighbor's house. And the neighbor was connected to me. But I didn't like him at all. I did not want to hang out with him. I never wanted to hang out with him. I didn't hang out with him. I didn't talk to him. And during this time, 
it was like, God, it took everything I had in me to go over there. But that's because I was scared fucking shitless. However, I have friends far away and, you know, I, I, I love going to see them. I love hanging out with them. It doesn't matter how far the journey is. So I agree with that, too. I agree. It's a long and crooked walk to a bad friend, even if he lives nearby. But it's an easy road to a good friend, no matter how long the journey. Man, I agree with that. Stanza 35. You should keep moving. You should never be a guest forever in any one place. Your welcome will wear out if you stay too long beneath another's roof. And that's true for me, too. Because, you know, we've all had the person where it's like, yeah, you can crash on the couch for a few weeks while you get your you know, feet back underneath you and get going. And then six months down the road, they're still sleeping on the couch, no job, fucking eating all your food, not cleaning up in your house. And it's like, bro, I was being generous and helping you and trying to get you back up on your feet so that you could, you know, be successful. And instead you took advantage of it. So now that you've taken advantage of it, get the fuck out. So here we are. We're on stanza 36, and uh, so far I've agreed with pretty much every single one of them. Stanza 36. It's better to have a home, even if it's little. Everyone should call somewhere home, even if you own just two goats beneath a faulty roof. That's still better than bagging. Oh, man. That's probably one of the most fucking best quotes I've ever heard written hundreds of years ago. So... It's better, this is the next one, and it goes with it. It's better to have a home, even if it's little. Everyone should call somewhere home. Your heart will be wounded if you have to beg for every meal from somebody else. So, they're saying it is better to have a home, even if it is little. Everybody should have somewhere to call home, even if it's just two goats beneath a faulty roof. That is still better than bagging because your heart will be wounded if you have to beg for every meal from somebody else. And as a man, that's exactly it. I can't imagine begging a man for a fucking meal, begging a man to feed my wife, begging a man to feed my children because of whatever, living a different lifestyle or mansion or whatever. Because that time's coming. I don't know if you guys know, but the banks are collapsing. All the people in the world who run countries are switching over from U.S. dollar to whatever they the won or rubies or, I don't know, it's something. They're switching over. So I don't know if people know what that means, but that means that the dollar is not going to be worth what it was. So our millions of dollars that our rich people have in the bank are not going to be as rich as they thought they were. That's a big fucking deal. Maybe there won't be very much food to eat due to all the other bullshit that's been going on. So remember that there's nothing worse than begging for another meal. It's better to sell, like, it's better to not be in debt, have a tiny little house, and be able to have your own little chickens and goats and, and plant some seeds and be able to preserve some shit than it is going hungry and begging on the side of the road like you see all these fucking parasites down in Seattle their their cardboard box sign even though you know it says it says on their cardboard box that they're hungry but they get hit in the head with the fucking blackberries because they're stupid but then like i said they're not stupid 
they're, they're, they got bamboozled and their soul is not at the level to mature enough to understand what the fuck's really going on in this reality. So I give them grace. They probably won't make it through the life very happy, but they'll come back and learn. And sooner or later, they'll go on to the next life. Okay. So we were at stanza 36, I believe. Pardon. 38, never go even a single step without a weapon at your side. You never know when you might find yourself in need of a spear. Amen to that. It's part of the reason why I train. That's why I have firearms. That's why I learned to forge fucking weapons without any electricity because my thing is as a warrior and a warrior spirit is very important that I live by this. Never go even a single step Without a weapon on your side, you never know when you might find yourself in need of a spear. So, I, I can't agree with that more. And pick your weapon of choice. For me, most of the time, it's uh, my bare hands and a firearm. Or my bare hands and a knife. Sometimes, if you're hanging out at my house, it's going to be my bare hands and some type of axe, whether it's my Scandinavian forest axe or whether it's my little hatchet. But either way, I always have some type of weapon on me, even if I'm butt fucking naked. I know how to use my hands and my legs very well because I train that. So I agree with this. St still, so far, everyone. Except for the, the, well, maybe not except. There's a few that don't, I don't fully, like, grasp or comprehend. But other than that, yeah, I agree with it. Stanza 39. I have never met a man so generous nor so hospitable that he would not welcome repayment. Nor have I met a man so giving that he'd turn down a thing offered in return. And it's like, yeah, no matter what, I mean... When you offer repayment of something, people will take it. I have never met a man so generous nor so hospitable that he would not welcome repayment. So once pretty much once someone gives you something, if you have the ability to repay them, please do. Even if, you know, it, it, it isn't worth the same amount. It's still the thought that counts. Stanza 40. Do not be so sparing in using your money that you don't use it for your own needs. Often you save for your children, or often what you save for your children will end up in the hands of your enemies. Many things will go worse than you expect. So, oh, dude, I fucking love it. Because so many people are just so frugal and greedy and penny-pinching motherfuckers. And it's like, bro, you're going to die and the chances are that when you die, your money is not going to go to your children or where you think it's going to go. For the most part, it says right here, often what you save for your children will end up in the hands of your enemies. You don't know what's going to fucking happen. And on top of that, nobody gets a U-Haul. You know, no one takes a U-Haul to the fucking grave. You don't get to take all your shit with you. So live your life. Spend it. I mean, I'm not saying don't save. I'm saying don't be so greedy and, and uh, frugal and penny-pinching that you have millions of dollars in the bank account, but you didn't live a life. 
Make sure that you live a life. 41. Friends should provide their friends with weapons and clothing. This kind of generosity shows generous mutual giving is the key to lifelong friendship. I agree. I agree. Friends should provide their friends with weapons and clothing. This kind of generosity shows generous mutual giving is the key to lifelong friendship. And yes, I believe that when everybody gives, then everyone receives. And in a friendship, it's a give and take. And, you know, when we make this um, obviously a metaphor, not everyone's making clothing and weapons anymore, but we can still make jams, we can make arts and crafts, we can make all sorts of different things. And we're, when we're always giving to each other, buying each other food or drinks or uh, coffee or flowers or whatever it is, then that's showing like when you give, the other person receives. And when the other person gives, then you receive. And it's like, whoa, what a fucking concept. But that's not what we see around. It's just take, 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 take. And no one gives, 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 which means there's nothing left in the motherfucking pot. And now it's sucked dry. And then we look around and it's like no one talks to each other. No one connects. No one fucking does anything. We're like a bunch of zombies out there. Just just getting all of our loose sucked dry out of our goddamn cell phones. It's pretty wicked. So I would agree with that one too. Let's see. 42. Be a friend to your friend and repay each gift with a gift. Repay laughter with laughter and repay treachery with treachery. And that goes back to what I said. Shoot for peace. Always shoot for peace. I think this is Conor McGregor who said this. Shoot for peace. Always shoot for peace. But when you can't shoot for peace, you shoot right between the fucking eyes. And I that's I love it. I love it. I think it's fucking rad. That's exactly how I feel. And at the same time, when my friends give me gems and gold and, and all this different stuff, then I want to repay them with, with equalness. When they give me love, I repay with love. When they give me laughter, I want to repay with laughter. When they give me food, I want to repay with food. Or whatever it may be, right? That is the way that it goes around. Now, as I sit here and think, we are almost to 45. Like I said, there's 165 or 164 So far, ha, does any of these code code of conducts or words from the the Almighty or words from the from the All Father or the One Eyed is the wise words of Odin written in the sagas in runic language or whatever whatever it is Icelandic runic something like that from a long long time ago that we were told were terrible terrible people. Does any of this fucking stanzas sound like terrible people? I agree with all of these so far. And obviously you guys don't think I'm a terrible person or you wouldn't be listening. So why is it, why is it deemed so bad? Why is it? I want to know why they hate it so much. And the only other thing I can think of is because it goes back to the box saga, which is extremely difficult to understand. And it's extremely, extremely difficult for me to explain, but that, is the thing that keeps making the most sense is this and the box saga and what the Roman Catholic church did up in Helsinki and Lemminkainen in Finland and what the people there trying to get, get excavation permits, but the, the church or the government won't let them some crazy shit's going on right now. Anyways, that's for a different podcast. All I'm saying is that these all seem very nice 
and very good morals to live by. And I want to know why they've been deemed so evil and bad. Okay. So, we did be a friend to your friend and repay each gift with each gift. Repay laughter with laughter. Repay treachery with treachery. Okay, stanza 43. Be a friend to your friend and also to his friend, but never be a friend to the enemy of your friend. I agree with that too. If if my friend is the, the friend with the enemy of me, then I can't trust my friend. I don't know that he's going to pick my side. And I need to know for certain that my friends are going to pick my side. So, I agree with that one. Says, what do we have here? If you have a friend and you really trust him and you want good to come of your friendships, you should speak your mind with him, exchange gifts, and visit him often. That's the only way to build connection is that you can't just pretend to be someone else. You can't just not go all in. If you want someone to go all in on you, then you need to go all in on them and don't hold back. If your friends make fun of you or or make you feel like shit or don't feel like they're you're there supporting you because of you being you, then those aren't your friends. You don't want to hang out with those people anyways. So, if you have a friend and you really trust him and you want good to come of your friendship, you should speak your mind with him, exchange gifts, and visit him often. Stanza 45. But if you have another friend and you mistrust him but want to benefit from him, nonetheless, you should speak to him kindly, flatter him, and repay his treachery with your own. <laughs> I love it. So, if you have a friend and you miss and you don't fucking trust him but you want to benefit from him nonetheless you should speak to him kindly flatter him and then repay his fucking bullshit so get revenge on him well i don't know i i don't i don't know if i exactly feel that way but it depends on what they did what did they do to my family you know was it was it they stole some bubble gum out of my fucking jujitsu bag or was it they robbed my fucking house and kidnapped my children because those are two different scenarios. On the the two different ones, well, it, it better not be a friend. But I would, I would, I probably would. I would say, you know, I want to talk to you. I want to see what's going on. Be all calm. And then, when I found him, I fucking chop his goddamn head off. So, let's go to the next one. Forty nine, or forty six. This same friend of it. This same friend, if you mistrust him. And suspect him to be false in his words. You should talk with him, laugh with him, but repay just what he gives you. So that kind of goes back to what I just said. It depends on what they what they did. 47. I was young once. I walked alone. And I became lost on my way. I felt like I was rich when I met another traveler. People's joy is in other people. This is what I talked about my ayahuasca journey about crushing people down and realizing that like if I just killed everyone off in the world and it was just me that I would be lonely and that I would ha never have any joy because joy is experienced through somebody else for the most part and, or, or you need to share it with somebody. So 
for Odin, who's obviously very old, to say, I was young once and I walked alone and I became lost on my way. I felt like I was rich when I met another traveler. People's joy is in other people. And then 48 says, kind, brave people live best. They never nurture a grudge. It's unwise to spend your life worrying, dreading your responsibilities. I love these, you guys. I agree with that, too. 49. I gave my clothes to two scarecrows once when I walked in a field. They thought they were human as soon as they had the clothes on. A naked man feels ashamed. Fuck, dude, that's deep. That's deep. Sometimes all we need to make us feel... uh, to make us feel alive and, and good is just some armor, some new clothes, fucking wash, you know, a, uh, something that we can do that is going to make us feel alive. And having no clothes is pretty shameful. Stanza 50. A fir tree decays standing over a farm, no longer protected by bark and needles. A person is the same way if nobody loves him. How will he live much longer? So, if you don't have someone standing above you, protected by all the bark and needles, a person, uh, let's see here, it says, a fir tree decays standing over a farm, no longer protected by bark and needles, and a person is the same way. If nobody loves him, how will he live much longer? Yeah, I mean... People die of a of a lonely heart, a broken heart, no no love. There's no friends, no family, and they just fucking keel over. They just decay. And when you don't have when you don't have the love, the bark and the needles, and uh, you just decay until you die. Crazy. Stanza fifty one. The friendship among false friends burns warmly for five days, but then it's extinguished by the sixth day. And the friendship is over. We've all had those friends where it's like, damn, dude, we are just so fucking tight. Where have you been my whole life? Homies, 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 hanging out every day, texting, fucking meeting up at the bar, drinking beer, whatever it was that we were doing. And then, boom, we're gone. Never to be seen again. <laughs> fucking so bizarre. Uh, stanza 52. You should not give only big gifts. Often a little thing will win you favor. I have one friends with just half a loaf of bread and a bowl of soup. So that's that's another thing I agree with is that so many times gifts is not about the money or about the gift. It's about the thought. It's about the effort. It's about the energy that went into giving. And dude, you, most people, like I said, most people are never given anything. They just take, 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 take. So when someone gives to them, they light up. They're like, whoa, what the fuck? Someone actually gave something for me to receive. I didn't have to give it to them or whatever the hell it is. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that you don't have to go over the top to make friends or to be nice or respectful or to, to find a connection with people. You can, you can make friends with not very much. It's the energy and the thought and effort that goes into it, in my opinion. So, number 53. Where the beaches are small, it's a small sea that washes them, and so it is with little minds. Not everyone is equally wise, but the average is moderately wise. So, 
says, like, where the beaches are small, it's a small sea that washes them. So small town, small little place, that's the only thing that they know. And so it is with little minds. They've never been, they've never got a grasp of the world. Not everyone is equally as wise. But the average is moderately wise. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. 54. You should be only a little wise, never too wise. The happiest people throughout their lives are the moderately wise. Stanza 55 goes with stanza 54. It says, you should be only a little wise, never too wise. A wise man's heart is seldom glad if he is truly wise. You should be only a little wise, never too wise. It's best not to know your fate beforehand. You'll live happier if you don't. And I agree with those. One of the things that happened to me was I started learning so much information about all the dark, evil shit in the world and spent 10 years of it. And then I felt like I couldn't like exist in the, in the reality. I had no one to talk to. And the matrix was just so bizarre that I, I didn't know what was going on. And I remember coming and reading this stanza and being like, I understand this. If you become too wise, you will live an unhappy life because you know too much going on. And yeah, if you knew your death, that would probably fucking suck. We think, Oh, it'd be cool. Okay. Well, what happens when it gets close to that death and you're not, you're not ready. What if you're still healthy and ready to go and you're going with your kids on a vacation? And all of a sudden, nope, tomorrow at 4 a.m. I'm going to fucking die. No, bro. That, that's terrible. I don't want to know that shit. Just live life every day, and when the time comes, the time comes. Do the best I could. Stanza 57. A torch is lit by another and burns till it's burned out. A fire is kindled by another fire. A man becomes wise by speaking with other men, but foolish by keeping to himself. Man, ever since I started going to jujitsu and meeting with these these new friends, shout out Greg Anderson, shout out Tobin Folk, shout out Jordan Kirk, shout out fucking Mike Kozak, shout out Will Notel, shout out everyone. If I missed your name, sorry guys, the fucking bunch of you. I love all of you guys. Without all of you, I honestly I wouldn't be the man that I am today. You guys have played a huge part in forging and shaping the man that I've become, and I'm forever grateful for that. And if I was to just keep to myself in my room, I would never be pressured to grow. I would never see inspiration and admiration from other men. I would never be able to bounce ideas and get new thoughts and angles and perspectives on things. Man, other men have, have really helped my life out tremendously, so I, I have to agree with that one. 58. Rise early if you want to take another man's property or his life. A sleeping wolf seldom wins a, she wins a sheep or a sleeping warrior a victory. Oh, that's a good one too. Rise early if you want to take another man's property or his life. A sleeping wolf seldom wins a sheep or a sleeping warrior a victory. You want to fucking get the sheep, you want to get the victory, you want the new girlfriend, you want the new house, you want the new fucking career, then get the fuck up. Get out of bed and start crushing. The ones who are crushing and fucking getting up early are the ones getting the sheep, the early bird gets the worm, the fucking dude who's getting up and, and living his life and getting as much work in as he can throughout the day is the one who, in my opinion, is getting the victory. And as a warrior, same. You're training harder. 
you're up earlier, you're going to you're going to you're going to be more successful. Stanza 59, rise early if you have no one to work for you and get straight to work. You lose more than time if you sleep when it dawns for early riser. Wealth is half won. Man, so this is something I need to think of right now is I now don't work for anyone for the first time in my life. Says rise early if you have no one to work for you. Well, I don't work for anyone and no one works for me. So it says get straight to work because I will lose more than time if I sleep when it dawns. For the early riser, wealth is half one. That's exactly it. If I sleep when it dawns, how the fuck am I going to get all my work done in one day? And there's a certain amount of work, especially at my house, with over a hundred and like nine animals, I think, plus hundreds of different types of fucking plants everywhere, and mushrooms, and homeschooling the kids, and jujitsu, and the podcast, and trying to get this app started, and YouTube channel started, and a website, and a merch store. It's a lot going on. But at the same time, I also know that as long as I get up early and I have a to-do list and I stay organized and I do little, little, you know, like how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's the way we fucking do it. And that means that the wealth is half one. So roger that. Okay. So we are at stanza 60. And I think this is going to be the last one for the day. We'll stop here and we will do a part two from 60 to probably 120, we'll probably do 60 more, and then we'll do part three, I guess, from 60 to, or from 120 to 164. So this will probably be a three-part series for the Hava Mall, and uh, let's get right into stanza 60 here. It says, you should know how to dry logs for firewood and bark for roofing, and also this, how to measure time and the seasons. Fucking A. I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. So we will stop there. It's, it's, uh, I really like that one too. You should know how to dry logs for firewood. Absolutely. If you don't know how to dry logs for firewood, how the fuck are you going to keep warm if the electricity ever went out? And you should learn how to make bark for roofing. Once again, that's going to help you stay dry in case something ever happened. And also this, how to measure time and the seasons. So we need to be good with our time. That was something that my last journey of uh, healing medicine that I took, she told me if I want to be successful on my own, then I need to get better organization skills and better time management and that also know the seasons. In springtime, what are we doing? Well, we're planting all our plants and getting ready for, for summer. Then as summer comes in, all of our plants are, you know, growing big. We're going to get harvesting as fall comes, we're going to harvest more. We also make sure that we need to get firewood way back, you know, and stacked up so that it's dried for the next season. It's very important that we know our seasons because if you don't know your seasons and you get them fucked up, it could mean life or death. So that was 60 stanzas of the Havamal, the words of Odin. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I, I fucking love it, you guys. And I know that that's, this podcast is very different than the other ones that I've done where we just bullshit or talk about what's going on in the world and blah 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 but it was interesting i hope you guys liked it i would love some feedback if you if any of you guys ever want any questions answered or just want to talk or bullshit you can find me on instagram at tyler stanaway you can find me uh on my email at stanaway roots and ravens at gmail.com 
like I said, I'm going to be trying to get the the donation app set up either on Give, Send, Go or Patreon, unless you guys know a better one. I don't want to use GoFundMe or PayPal because I don't I don't like their little hokey business that they've been doing lately. Because I really think that the Compassionate Viking podcast and the app can connect us all together and we can get rid of a third-party stranger and we can come together with people who we feel much more comfortable dealing with. So... The other thing is that I don't pay for ads, and I am super shadow banned. I'm debating on making a new Instagram and not posting any type of controversial shit, but it seems to be the only way for me to get followers is to do something different because no one can see my stories or share my shit very well, except for the same group of handful that always sees it. So I don't know what to do about that, but if you could, if you feel that the information that I'm telling, the information that I share has of any value. And it doesn't have to be the whole thing. It could be a, a like one particular podcast that you liked and you hate all the other ones. Just any of them. If you feel that any of them resonate with you, please share them with your friends. It's going to be up to us to share love and light and truth and honesty and vulnerability and connection because clearly the powers that be, the ones that we see on TV, the news, is not sharing this. They're just sharing low vibrational, bad shit that's distracting you and making you angry and hate a bunch of shit. When in, re- in the, the natural state of the world is love and abundance, which is the counter to everything that we see going on that hurts our souls deep inside. So, I will see you next week. And I will have a guest, and it's going to be rad, and I hope you enjoyed it. Later, guys.